and welcome back to another episode of InCheck with Fintech. Today, we're delighted to be joined by Justin Pasalacqua, the country director of Worldline North America. He oversees all commercial aspects for the North American region, including marketing, sales, sales support, pricing, and the overall go-to-market strategy. Justin has been with Worldline for almost six years. His leadership style and customer focus have led him through the commercial side of the business, contributing through business development, head of sales, and international business strategy. In total, he has served the payments industry for 15 years. Enjoy listening. Awesome, cool. So yeah, Justin, without further ado, welcome to InCheck with Fintech. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, Roger. Yeah, great to have you and, and looking forward to uh, talking a bit more about uh, payments in uh, in ISP because that's the main topic of uh, today's uh, conversation. Um, before we do that, I always ask for a little introduction and who can do that better than the person themselves. So would you mind introducing us a little bit to uh, who you are? Sure, yeah. So yeah, Justin Pasolacqua, I'm the country director for Worldline Canada. And I also oversee um, go-to-market strategy for all of North America. Uh, I've been with the business now six and a half years um, and in the payment space just shy of 20 years now. Um, across mainly um, card present, unattended, e-commerce, kind of all of the ecosystems of, of the payment space. Um, mainly kind of specializing in the ISV sector, so independent software vendors. Um, within payments. And I, I think we'll talk a little bit about that today. Uh, but yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm kind of kind of a payments nerd and I, I enjoy having these conversations uh, and I, I enjoy the industry, but thanks thanks for having me today. What, what made you, because I think you started back at Mercury Payment, was your first kind of payments experience, right? It was later acquired by WorldPay. What made you fall in love with payments, if that is even a thing? Yeah, actually, no, yeah. Um, that was my, I guess, where I cut my teeth. Um, Mercury Payments at the time had the idea to try to convince software vendors to integrate through, at the time, SDKs um, into their payment stack. Uh, and I've always kind of been interested in technology. I'd, I'd recently was a sales manager for a tech company and came in and they were like, hey, we have this, we have this cool idea. Um, you know, do you want to try to help us build this out? And so at the time for me, um, it was fun to take something new and to, to work with what I, a passion of mine is just startups and software and all these, these cool solutions that are being created. And then how do we interject payments into that? And so I've really, I thought that was really interesting. And um, yeah, and, you know, almost 18 years later, I'm still doing that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a bit of a history of, of ISV or payments for ISVs over the past 18 years. Maybe not to go through all of those 18 years, but where was it 18 years ago? compared to where it is now? Yeah, great question. Uh, back then, it, it was just, it was pretty new. So there, was, there wasn't a lot of competition, I would say. So if you if you had any type of way, you know, SDK or APIs, any way for a software company to connect, they would do it because there's no other choice. I would say that's that was like the big difference. Um, then as it started to become more popular, um, then you had more competition. So then the payments companies had to start, okay, now we have to make it easier. Now we have to have documentation and dev portals and APIs and, and different value added services. It can't just be payments anymore because that's everybody else is doing that. So as, and then it just keeps evolving, evolving, evolving. And now it's, you know, uh, everything's got to be super easy and embedded and you have to have, you know, 20 different value offerings to, be better than your competition and price comes into play too right um 
you know, 18 years ago, there, there was no competition. So you could, you could set a price and that was it. Now it's very price competitive. Um, yeah, so it, it's definitely, and it, it goes fast too. I think, as you know, um, the payment space moves pretty fast. Um, so as we see that acceleration over 18 years, it's, it's a, it's very different. Yeah. yeah. I can imagine. How, how is, so you've mainly been exposed to ISEs, but obviously Worldline has exposure to a lot of kind of different verticals, industries and such. What makes ISV, the, the dynamics of the ISV market for a company such as Worldline or for you different for payments within, let's say retail, for example? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, the way I look at it is it's a, it's a full indirect model, right? As a payments company. So you're your, basically your audience or your customer is a software vendor versus the end merchant. Now you still always want to keep the end merchant in mind and even the end consumer, right? Because that, that is, that is the end customer. But as we go to market through the ISV, we're really looking at, because the ISV in the end is selling their software, which would then in turn bring merchants in. Um, so we need to make sure how are we treating that ISV? How are we making that payments experience? One, easy to integrate, as easy, easy as possible, frictionless, but then how are we delivering that and supporting that customer too? So instead of having, um, you know, a huge floor of uh, tier one support for merchants, maybe we have really specialized support for the ISV, for the software vendors that can speak more technical, you know, so it's a, it's a little bit different, um, but I, I think, you know, just, I do want to make the point just because ISV is is the, I guess, the go-to-market approach. You never want to forget about the ISV's merchants and or the merchant's customers, because once you do that, then you're you're too far removed. So it's it's kind of a fine balance. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. So you mentioned just earlier, picked up on you saying embedded. Is payments for ISVs embedded finance, or is it a bit more complicated, more complex than that? Put it that way. No, actually, it's... It's not not too much more complicated. <laughs> yeah, I would say um, basically, what, and and maybe it's it's good to clarify in this conversation. ISV really is just independent software vendor. I think people that have been in the payment space just kind of take that um, ISV and say, oh, "Well, we know what it is." But in the grand scheme of things in the world, ISV is just independent software vendor, where the payments comes in and uh, embedded finance is basically the same thing. What we're doing is we're embedding our payment stack or finance. It could be, it doesn't have to be credit card debit, could be ACH, online checks, whatever it is in the financial sector, FinTech. And you're basically embedding that or helping the software company embed it into their software. Yeah. So yeah, so I think it kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah. Do you maybe, to make it a bit more tangible for our listeners, Given a specific example of maybe an ISV you worked with where you then integrated payments or embedded finance, uh, where the two basically came together? Yeah, I would say without giving away a name probably, uh, but the, one of the largest um, camp management software companies. So this is kind of unique and maybe we'll, we'll talk a little bit about vertical markets. Definitely. But um, so that kind of is an interesting story because, you know, Typically, you kind of take for granted that everybody sends their kids to some sort of camp, right? I mean, that's kind of across the world. That's that's the thing. But you have to pay for it somehow, and you have to manage it somehow, and you have to sign up for it. And there's even, you know, some of the software, they have 
um, surveillance where you can like watch your kid at the camp when, you know, and there's so many different things where uh, that software is already very established, probably tens of thousands of uh, merchants or camps owners across North America. And then they decided, hey, you know what? Everybody's still paying in with checks and they're missing they're missing money and they're missing opportunity and um, people are late on payments. You know, mainly the, the, the story of the pain you hear on, on moving from checks to, to digital. Um, and so what, what we do then is say, hey, you know what? We, have, we, we do this with software vendors. We can easily give you an API that you call and you can take payments online. You can embed it into your software. We can give you a custom checkout. We'll make it very secure for you. It'll be super easy. And now through the flow of when you're, when they go to sign up for soccer camp, then they, they click next. Oh, you can pay and you can put my credit card information and just pay every year. Easy, done. And so then the software vendors not, not only makes it easier for their end customer, um, but then they find another source of revenue as well. Cause now they're, now they're in the payment scheme. There could be revenue sharing opportunity. They could upsell, they could keep keep all the data i mean there's there's a lot of uh, upside to that um and so there's a clear example of a very kind of a, a unique uh, niche vertical that's been served that way yeah yeah exactly yeah and a big use case by the sounds of it to maybe walk away from checks and digitize the payments uh, for exactly the software vendor yeah exactly yeah um, maybe more to, why is the isv market so important i guess yeah from a worldwide perspective obviously brings in revenue but in the, in the bigger scheme of things, why are ISVs so important? I think from a payments perspective, it's important. And, and maybe it's back to your original or my introduction and your original <laughs> question is that, yeah, 18 years ago, maybe there was a small handful of ISVs. And most of those ISVs we would consider, you know, 15 plus years ago would have been your micros of the world or a low high where there's just these, you know, on the table point of sale systems, right? But now, as technology's evolved over a couple of decades, there's software for everything. I mean, you can you can order anything online. You can mobile order anything. That wasn't around 10 years ago, right? So now, like as we speak, there is probably you know a thousand new software companies that just were released. Like that's how quick things are happening. And and now that payments are so easy to again embed into any software. I think it's very, very important now than ever that that we as a payments industry try to keep up with that and make sure we have the right tools and we're we're not falling behind because if there's a new software technology, it's maybe it's you know, buy now, pay later, or order ahead. We need to make sure that we have the right one security fraud tools, uh, but also just the, the unique value adds that can help these ISVs, the new ISVs, kind of progress because I think uh, it's no secret anymore that, you know, software and tech and fintech is, is probably the fastest growing industry on earth. Yeah. Um, and, and we're just kind of along for the ride, I would say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All driven by the digital adoption as we just go from checks to online payments or going from uh, cash to cards or uh, all that kind of stuff. So uh, exactly. Uh, yeah. Super interesting. We shortly spoke about, yeah, camp management software. What are typical... Um, Vertical markets within the ISV space that you've seen. Yeah, I mean, typical is restaurant and retail. Those are the big ones. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, whether it's card present or not, 
um, you can order anything online and then in store, there's point of sale systems. A point of sale system is an ISV, right? So, um, there's point of sale systems. I'd say restaurant retailer is huge, huge market for that. Um, you also have some very large markets that many people kind of don't think about like ERP. So, which is enterprise resource planning. So that's kind of the behind the scenes, um, where it's more, uh, I guess, B2B type transactions. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, I'll use Walmart as a big example. All of the vendors of Walmart, when you go into these giant stores and they have to fill those shelves, they're ordering products from everywhere. And that's very complicated. So there's a lot of software companies that are ISVs that do that. And then they have payments, right? So I think those are are some of the larger ones. Um, But if you you think about it, uh, any type of software that could or already can take payments is an ISV and then that market, right? So it's it's pretty much anything, really. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Are you struggling to plan your hiring strategy for 2023 in today's market? PCN is here to help. We offer a step-by-step consultation to provide tailored solutions to improve your hiring plan. Contact us today by visiting teampcn.com contact us to schedule your consultation and let us help you be ahead of your competition. One thing that I thought about when you spoke about camp management software, funnily enough, is more of booking systems that you see for, I don't know, where sports glasses or pedal, which is quite big here in, in the Netherlands. Um, those kind of things where you not only book uh, a certain slot, but you immediately pay for it. Uh, that's something that um, I think I use on a, on a day-to-day basis. So uh, it's pretty cool. And we met, you mentioned in the um, kind of warm-up to today's uh, show, uh, we spoke about your wide will, right? You mentioned you wanted to talk about what, what's your wide will? Uh, in terms of uh, vertical within the ISV market. Yeah, you know, I was thinking more about that. In my in my opinion, I, I don't know if it's one one white whale. What I would like to see is is in the vertical markets that we deem kind of our our specialty, right? That that's our wheelhouse. And you actually mentioned one of them, which is which is a good segue, um, because we do really well in sports league management and anything to do with gyms, um, because in North America in particular, um, we are very uh, e-commerce, so online. And so gym memberships, sports league management, you mentioned, I think you call it pedal. Here we call it spin class, right? So uh, so all of that we do really well. So yeah, instead of just one in particular white whale, it's to us it's more important to have uh, in each vertical market that we deem to be our sweet spot, the white whale is really to be the best in that market. And whether that's having the largest ISV within a market, um, I mentioned camp software, or could be the, the largest gym membership software in the sports management space. Or do we service that whole space and we have 70% market share because we, we're just we're embedded in all of the software within the gym membership space. To me, that's more of the white whale instead of chasing the largest one out there. Uh, from my perspective, the success of the company is really, hey, are we industry experts within this vertical? And everybody knows it, right? That that's us. Um, that's that's kind of more of the white whale in my uh, opinion. Makes sense, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, what that got me thinking. If if you look at those different kind of segments that you serve, right? So whether it's camp management software, sports league, gym memberships, ERPs, 
restaurants. Is it a one-size-fits-all from a payment solution perspective that you offer to these different ISVs, or is there different dynamics to every industry? No. So not not a one-size-fits-all. I, I would say you can reuse a lot of what you already have, but I, I think where you become, where you, where you do chase your white whale and you do become a, a industry expert is that you listen to the customer and you listen to the ISV and their customers and then you really figure out where the pain points are and what their what their software is trying to solve and how maybe the payments can help with that. And so I think if you try to do a one size fits all, you you probably won't be as successful. I think what you need to do is is really figure out is it non for profit and religious giving and donation software. What what really do they need and how can payments help them? And then um, it's going to be different. It's going to be different than what you do in sports, right? Um, they may be, maybe pricing in one and it may be uh, security for another. Um, but you, once you figure that out, you can reuse a lot of pieces and sometimes you'll have to build along the way. Um, but I, I, I think, yeah, I think if you try to do a blanket statement, sure, you're going to catch some fish. Yeah. Maybe that's a good way, but you'll catch some fish, but you'll never get your white whale, right? Nice. There you go. Eh, the circle is round. Uh, <laughs> Looking ahead then, what do you think the future of ISPs look like? Been in and now for 16 years or so. What do you think the future looks like? Yeah, I think, again, I, I think that we're going to continue to see more and more ISV. Um, it'll grow and grow and grow and, and, you know, every vertical market. But what we're already starting to see, and I think the future um, will continue down this trend, is that the ISVs will become more payment savvy mm -hmm. um we're already starting to see a lot of isvs become payfax or they get into the iso world so they become an independent sales organization for a processor um they realize that there's a, there's a good amount of revenue within the payment space and they want to capitalize on that um uh, we're starting to see even just small isvs that have just started up because it's such a big space and the payment space is so large that they they say, hey, we're going to jump in right away. Um, and even though we were only a year under our belts selling software, we want to become a payfac, or we want to have the technology become our own payment gateway and connect to all the banks and processors. I think you're going to see more and more of that. Um, I don't know how that will play out with the mix of the two. Do we see ISVs surpass? you know, surpassing and do they kind of take more market share away of of more and more new gateways coming out? I, I don't know. Or does does it go the other way? I, I but I just know that the the fact that is that I think we'll see ISVs um playing a bigger role within the payment space um uh, very soon. You know, it's already happening now, but I I think in the next five years you see almost every major ISV is probably gonna have more share in payments. Are you afraid you're sometimes building your own competition in a way? <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, you could be. And, and that's a great point because as a payments company, do you want to get ahead of that? Mm. And make sure when you're, build, when, you're, when you're partnering with an ISV, do you want to make sure you can enable them with maybe the future? So do you, want, do you get ahead of it and make them a payfac with you? Or do you build them up and then they become a payfac with somebody else? Yeah. Right. So it's, yeah, no, it's very interesting. Yeah, um, I think 
the good thing is that there's it's a it's a huge huge market um and as long as you're doing the right things i, I i'm not too worried uh, uh, uh about um i guess cannibalizing my our own customers no it's like, i mean it's only got to grow right and it's only for yeah. a certain size that probably setting up their own payback makes sense i mean the smaller ones even the some of the enterprise ones say look it's it's a strategic choice if you want to go down a payback route or whatever it is as an isv i can imagine so uh, I'm sure that there's more an exception to the rule than anything, but uh, I thought it was an interesting question. Um, what? Yeah, no, maybe more from your kind of perspective, I guess, looking for a more emotional answer, if you will. What is it that you like so much about ISVs? You've been in it for so long, right? What gets you up every morning where you say, okay, yes, ISV market payments. I love it. Yeah, I think kind of back to my original uh point is that i think isv is one it, it ticks a box on passion of mine i just i like technology i, th I think it's pretty cool I, I really find passion in um seeing how an isv solves a market problem mm -hmm. i think that's pretty neat especially in, in like some of these smaller vertical markets um i i get excited by that uh i see um where it's maybe it's i don't know i was just i actually just having a conversation with somebody about religious giving. Um, I, I, here's why I was in Nashville and Nashville has a lot of um, really large churches in Southern, in the Southern States. And I was talking to a colleague and they said, wow, I've never been here. And I noticed all these huge churches. And I said, Hey, you know what? A, a few years ago, which I thought was pretty neat is that they, a lot of these big churches have digitalized their payments. And so now when you walk in through these big doors, there's actually a kiosk. And you can donate to your to your church on the kiosk, and a lot of them have facial recognition, so you don't even have you don't have to go to church with your wallet because you want you want to you want to focus on what you're going to pray on, and so instead facial recognition it knows you it already has your card on file, you just click up today I want to donate forty and you hit forty, boom donate or instead of a collection plate, you know where in the past where you put your coins or your your cash in, it's an iPad. And an iPad gets passed down the aisle and then they, you just click what you want to do or you tap with your card and, and you're done. And so um, I, to me, that's very interesting. I think that, that's, wow, that's that's a unique way to like almost to solve a problem, right? Um, so I, I think those kind of things I'm very passionate about and that's what keeps me going. I like to learn about how payments are basically becoming part of the software vendors and, and what that does to the market. And so every, every day something new comes out and I, I read about it and go, wow, okay. I never thought, I never thought you could pay for that that way. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, going to church almost becomes a famous experience by the sound of it. <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you, uh, or in Nashville, at least there are a couple of steps ahead of where we are here still with cash. And it's uh, very old school in that sense, which I guess has different reasons, but, uh, that's cool. Um, awesome. And maybe, yeah, from a, then from a Worldline perspective, obviously you are um, working for Worldline as currency director for the last uh, six or so years. So how does Worldline play to the ISV market? What makes Worldline stand out? What makes it there? What makes our USP for ISVs? Yeah, and I think specific to North America, I know that in, obviously, Worldline is the fourth largest um, payment processor in the world, number one in Europe. Um, and I think ISV, um, pretty strong in ISV across the globe, but I think in North America in particular, because that's all we focus on, that's, that's our kind of our bread and butter. 
um, where, where I think that we, you know, to be honest, I, I think it's because we humanize payments. Um, and you may hear me say that quite often. Uh, I believe in it. I, I think it's a lost um, element of the payments experience because everybody is focused on technology and um, having having a, a slick documentation and dev portal and everything. It, it's all it, that's all very nice, and I I think most companies, including ourselves, we try to keep up with that. But I think in the end. When somebody just has a problem and wants to talk about how why their software can't be integrated or they want to add something and they just want to talk to someone, we provide that. Um, and I, I think that's a, a missed element. Uh, we also just, we have transparent salespeople to account managers and then live 24-7 support here in North America. I think it just adds that, that human element that's often lost within the tech space. Yeah. Um, and I, and it, it sounds simple, but to me, I think that's that's why a lot of people, are, are, you know, we have about 2,000 ISVs that are integrated into our stack and they don't really leave. Um, and I, I think a lot of it is because they like to work with us. Uh, you know, it, you know we, we maybe we don't have all the bells and whistles. We don't have the shiniest new things, um, but they like to work with us. And I think in the end, that goes a long way. Um, is that you, you want your payments just to work one, it's gotta be secure too. And then three, you, you, like you and I, we, we just want to like who we work with. Yeah. So yeah, totally. Yeah. People buy from people. I think that's uh, often forgotten within the sure. whole uh, tech industry. Yeah. Um, yeah. also with the rise of AI, um, I do believe there'll always be a place for human beings, luckily, and human interaction. I hope so. At least I try yeah. to keep telling them myself. Um, cool, Justin. Great. Well, thanks for being on the show. Great to have you to, uh, yeah, share your insights on the, uh, ISV markets, it's been uh, great to hear that firsthand from someone like you who has so much experience within the space. Um, so thanks for your time. And um, yeah, for all listeners, thanks for listening um, and tune in to uh, another episode next week. Thank you, Roger. Appreciate your time. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of InCheck with Fintech. If you enjoyed this episode, hit the like button and leave us a comment below. We'll be having more industry leaders soon, so don't forget to subscribe as well in order to stay updated with the latest episodes of our podcast.